Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. everybody and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. Thanks for coming back and listening yet again for some more metaphysical amazing topics and crystals and quotes of the week. So let's just dive right in you guys because I'm really excited about this topic as I am every single week with you guys. I love talking to you guys about all these amazing things that I'm reading and researching and this one in particular. Whew. So This one is going to be, this one is very, very deep. So I'm really excited to talk about it. But anyway, let's start off as usual with our crystals. So the ones that I picked for you are actually just the one that I picked for you this week is Chalcedony. Now, Chalcedony is actually a type of stone in and itself. And then it also there are members of the Chalcedony group, which is agate, bloodstone, carnelian, chrysoprase, jasper, onyx, pietrocyte, and sardonyx. Those are all Chalcedonies. But Chalcedony in and of itself is a cryptocrystalline form of quartz. I'm getting this from healingwithcrystals.net.au forward slash chalcedony.html. And then I'm also going to be reading from the Crystal Bible book by Judy Hall. Um, So what healingwithcrystals.net has said is cryptocrystalline stones are divided more by the character of the stone rather than its color, such as the pattern of the crystal, the visual effect, and the form that the crystal takes. Chalcedony is transparent to opaque depending on the structure and type of crystal, for example. Agate is translucent, while jasper is opaque. Chalcedony is a nurturing stone that promotes brotherhood and goodwill and will enhance a group's stability. It can be used for telepathy and transmission. This stone absorbs negative energy and then dissipates it so that the energy doesn't move to someone else. Chalcedony brings the mind, body, and spirit into alignment. It sends feelings of generosity and benevolence to you. Chalcedony removes unwanted feelings of hostility and removes sadness. This stone removes self-doubt and builds self-confidence. Using this stone to meditate will help you to become a more open and enthusiastic person. Chalcedony is a powerful healer and cleanser. The stone helps if you have a lack of maternal instinct, lessens the effect of dementia and senility. Chalcedony balances the mind, body, emotions, and spirit into a whole. It heals the eyes, gallbladder, bones, spleen, blood, and circulatory system. Now, as with some stones that come in different colors, different colors mean have uh, different meanings behind them. So with Chalcedony, there are, I think they list three here. So blue Chalcedony. Blue Chalcedony is a good all-around stone for the throat chakra and physical throat health. It can help strengthen your vocal apparatus and to help prevent or heal vocal strain. It is an excellent choice for soothing sore throats and throat infections. Blue Chalcedony is useful for healing problems associated with the throat, neck, or head. Use the stone for a headache, sore throat, or an earache. It is beneficial for calming inflammation and sinus conditions. Blue chalcedony enables the fluids of the body to flow correctly, so that a buildup of pressure, such as behind the eyes or in the mucous membranes, is avoided. It will ease hay fever and plant allergies. Oh, I'm sorry. It will ease hay fever and plant allergies that can cause respiratory problems and may speed the dissolving or passing of gall and kidney stones. It also can increase lactation in nursing mothers. For those who experience frequent bouts with irrational anger, fear, panic, or anxiety, blue chalcedony can assist in calming these emotional patterns and dissolving them in the energetic field. For those who tend to speak before considering the impacts of their words, (laughs) it's funny, basically, if you put your foot in your mouth most of the time, <laughs> the stone helps you become more conscious of your words and the tone of your voice. Blue chalcedony relieves hostility and irritability. 
It promotes feelings of kindness and compassion. The stone brings your emotions into a balanced state when used with conscious direction. With this stone in hand, set your intention to realign your emotions and sort out all those unsettling feelings. Blue Chalcedony elicits the soothing energy of a peaceful lake. Use the stone to help turn off the incessant chatter going on in your mind. Breathe deeply and relax. The calming vibration of the stone slows inner talk, assisting you in sorting out the many mental images and conversations going on inside. Blue Chalcedony is the reality factor, replacing illusions and vague promises with practical plans and realistic timetables for any joint or collective venture, whether at home or work. It melts away blocks to learning new foreign languages and codes or technical information, such as understanding computer manuals. When holding Blue Chalcedony, you will find that your stress and irritability has been dispelled and replaced with a sense of calm and happiness. This stone helps with divine communication, speech, and channeling work. Well, this is going to be really, really, really appropriate for what I'm going to talk about with you guys today. So just hold on to that little tidbit of information that Blue Chalcedony helps with divine communication, speech, and channeling work. It assists in repairing the energy field and sealing leaks or holes. Blue Chalcedony provides spiritual power and innate wisdom. It can be used to tap into your connection with your ancestors and the wisdom and knowledge of those who have walked on this planet before you. Blue Chalcedony is a stone for telepathic and psychic communication, whether with earth guardians, spirit guides, or angels. So, pink chalcedony. Pink chalcedony is used by new mothers to increase their milk supply and to protect the baby from harm in the early days of life. Pink chalcedony is a goddess stone. Pink chalcedony signifies that the secret fears that may keep you awake are unfounded and that you should talk about them to a trusted friend. They will then lose their power over your life. Pink chalcedony relieves shock and trauma. It is an excellent stone for helping first-time mothers when they are giving birth. It is helpful also for postnatal problems, especially after a prolonged birth or one involving medical intervention, such as forceps or cesarean section. Pink chalcedony will make it easier to cope with difficult children or relations. Use if you work for, for a large or impersonal organization. It will help you to settle in more easily and create a home base for yourself. It can ease the it can ease the tension of people who feel unloved. Sorry, there was, they put the in there twice. And so I got a little tripped up over the words. So I'm going to go back and start again. It can ease the tension of people who feel unloved, such as at a time of divorce. It will help people who have conflicting loyalties or are afraid to love again. It can be used to, oh, it can be used in rituals to increase self-love and self-esteem. Use it in gentle banishing magic by allowing the stone to absorb your regrets and then hold it under flowing water. Okay, so purple chalcedony. Purple chalcedony helps you reach the meditative brainwave pattern of theta and delta while remaining conscious. It is excellent for those who tend to fall asleep during meditation. It can be used to help balance the effect of narcolepsy and other sleep disorders. Purple Chalcedony offers a sense of emotional protection from negativity, and it helps you feel more connected to your higher source. It is especially useful for assisting children in coming to grips with their psychic abilities and in protecting them from negative energies. Purple Chalcedony offers both psychic awakening and psychic protection. It enhances the dream state and can help with lucid dream work. It allows you to remain positively centered as you receive intuitive or energetic information from external sources and prevents you from being thrown off center by any negativity that you may encounter on a psychic or physical level. Okay, so that pretty much covers Chalcedony by itself on this site. Then it goes into the other ones that I listed before. Uh, so, and then actually there is one more thing that they list on here that I think is pretty interesting. So, and so, so Chalcedony's and the chakras. So they kind of go into where they are with the chakras. But I thought this was kind of interesting that Chalcedony works, how it works specifically with the different chakras. So... If the base chakra is out of balance, you may be belligerent and aggressive towards others. With the stone in hand, you're able to relieve the symptoms of ADHD or ADD. It will reduce the desire to be overly possessive, craving continual excitement or, manipul or manipulative. That seems kind of oddly worded. Craving continual excitement or maybe manipulation. 
I don't know, whatever. Use the stone to awaken your awareness of your past life talents and ease unwanted fears. It will balance the circulatory reproductive system and increase the function of your lower limbs and pelvis. If the solar plexus chakra is out of balance, you may feel critical of others, be a bully and in need of constant change. You also may believe that you aren't recognized for your achievements or have difficulty learning new tasks. Use a stone on the solar plexus chakra to bring empathy into your life and enhance your psychic abilities. It will open your clairsentience abilities. It will assist in healing digestive, stomach, liver, and gallbladder ailments. Use the stone when this true cause of the disease needs to be found. If the heart chakra is out of balance, you may have sudden bursts of anger, jealousy, or blaming others for any issues that arise in your life. You might need constant confirmation of your self-worth, feeling unloved, or lack compassion for others. With this stone in hand, you are able to connect the lower chakras with the higher chakras to achieve homeostasis. It will encourage compassion for yourself and others and enhance your innate healing abilities. It will assist encouraging the entire immune system to function at its peak. It maintains a healthy heart and circulatory system. The stone, when placed on the heart chakra, will help with tissue regeneration. If the throat chakra is out of balance, you may be hyperactive, domineering, or fanatical about your political or religious views. You might also resist change of any kind and slow to respond to tasks and reasonable demands on your time. With this stone in hand, you will enhance your clairaudience abilities and manifest abundance. When used on the throat chakra, this stone encourages and directs your creative abilities. It will help you speak and live your truth. This stone will assist in improving and maintaining the health of your throat, esophagus, mouth, teeth, and reproductive system. If your crown chakra is out of balance, you may need to feel as though you are indispensable in your workplace or need constant sympathy for perceived injustices. You might also feel misunderstood by others or find it difficult to treat others with tenderness and benevolence. With this stone in hand, you'll be able to align yourself with the higher forces of the universe and connect to the subtle bodies of energy that surround you. It will assist you in linking to your past lives and determine their effect on your present. It will help the function of the whole nervous and skeletal system of the body. Okay, so that pretty much covers what healingwithcrystals.net has to say about Chalcedony. So let's take a look at what Judy Hall from the Crystal Bible has to say about Chalcedony. And she says it comes in white, pink, blue, red, and a grayish color. It's usually transparent or opaque, sometimes banded, comes in all sizes, and often is seen as a geode or small tumbled stone. It's pretty common and it's sourced out of the United States, Austria, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Iceland, Mexico, Britain, Mexico. Again, she said it twice. <laughs> Mexico is apparently has lots of Chalcedony because it says it twice. Uh, New Zealand, Turkey, Russia, Brazil, and Morocco. Chalcedony is a nurturing stone that promotes brotherhood and goodwill and enhances group stability. It can be used to assist throughout transmission and telepathy. This stone absorbs negative energy and then dissipates it to prevent onward transmission. In ancient times, chalices would be formed out of chalcedony and lined with silver. They were said to prevent poisoning. That's interesting. Chalcedony brings the mind, body, emotions, and spirit into harmony. Instilling feelings of benevolence and generosity, chalcedony removes hostility and transforms melancholy into joy. Psychologically, chalcedony eases self-doubt and facilitates constructive inward reflection. It creates an open and enthusiastic persona. It absorbs and dissipates negative thoughts, emotions, and bad dreams. For healing, chalcedony is a powerful cleanser, including open source. It fosters the maternal instinct and increases lactation, improves mineral assimilation, and combats mineral buildup in veins. Chalcedony lessens the effects of dementia and senility. This stone increases physical energy. It balances body, emotion, mind, and spirit and heals the eyes, gallbladder, bones, spleen, blood, and circulatory system. For positioning you want to wear on the fingers, around the neck, on a belt buckle, or places appropriate, especially over organs and in contact with the skin. So for the uh, specific colors, 
She notes, Blue Chalcedony is a creative stone. It opens the mind to assimilate new ideas and helps acceptance of new situations. Blue Chalcedony imparts mental flexibility and verbal dexterity, enhancing listening skills and communication. It stimulates the ability to learn new languages and improves memory. Blue Chalcedony gives a feeling of lightheartedness and the ability to look forward optimistically. It improves self-perception. This stone was traditionally used in weather magic and for clearing illnesses associated with changes in the weather. Physically, blue chalcedony aids regeneration of mucous membranes and ameliorates dis-ease caused by weather sensitivity or pressure, such as glaucoma. Blue chalcedony enhances the immune system. It stimulates the flow of lymph and banishes edema, has an anti-inflammatory effect, and lowers temperature and blood pressure. It heals the lungs and clears the respiratory system of the effects of smoking. And then there's dendritic chalcedony. I thought this was really interesting. Dendritic chalcedony promotes clear and precise thought. This stone is useful when you are under pressure or attack as it facilitates calm communication while remaining relaxed. It encourages living in the present moment and helps you to face up, or that's weird, helps you to face up to unpleasant matters. Dendritic, uh, dendritic chalcedony helps to process, hmm, I'm having a hard time with how she's wording this. Dendritic chalcedony helps in processing memories and brings joy to life. This stone supports an easy, friendly approach to other people. It promotes tolerant interaction without judgment. Dendritic chalcedony is a useful stone for chronic illnesses for which it should be worn for long periods, and problems associated with smoking strengthening the immune system. It enhances the assimilation of copper into the body, detoxifies the liver, removes inflammation of the female sexual organs, and treats thrush. And then she goes over pink chalcedony. Pink chalcedony encourages kindness and all good qualities. It brings out a sense of childlike wonder and willingness to learn new things. It encourages storytelling and a form of creativity. This is a spiritual stone that encourages empathy and inner peace. It creates a deep sense of trust. The stone is particularly useful for treating psychosomatic dis-ease. Pink chalcedony fortifies the heart and supports the immune system. It eases breastfeeding problems and the flow of lymphatic fluids. Red chalcedony bestows strength and persistence in reaching goals. It advises when to fight and when to give in gracefully. A confident stone, it helps to manifest dreams, devising strategies to bring these into being in the most positive way. As a healing stone, red chalcedony stimulates the circulation without raising blood pressure and encourages clotting of the blood. It reduces hunger pangs, but should not be used for long periods, as it inhibits the absorption of nutrients and may cause temporary nausea. To note, chalcedony geodes that have been painted silver or various colors are sold in Morocco and other places. The paint runs with wet when wet to reveal white or gray chalcedony underneath. The attributes are as generic chalcedony. Okay, so that pretty much covers the crystal of the week. So let's talk about Lorelei's picks of the week because I figure that kind of blends in nicely, right? Because we're still talking about crystals. So the picks that I chose this week are lapis lazuli and turquoise. Now, as a very brief recap as to what lapis lazuli does and what turquoise does. So for lapis lazuli, and obviously I am getting this from my crystal Bible book by Judy Hall. So lapis lazuli opens the third eye and balances the throat chakra. So this is mostly for clear and concise communication. It also is really good with releasing stress and bringing deep peace. It possesses enormous serenity and is the key to spiritual attainment. It's also relatively protective and it helps you to contact spirit guardians. So that is lapis lazuli and then turquoise. Let's see what she says, but of course I have to pull it up really quick here. So, oh, that's not it. I'm going to find it. Here, let me see. Appearance. I keep finding turquoise as a color and not turquoise the crystal. Ah, there we go. I found it. Oh, yay. It has, it has been found. Okay. And then turquoise is a most efficient healer, providing solace for the spirit and well-being for the body. 
Um, it also is really good with communication, but it's also a purification stone. So the one thing that I wanted to um, to put, the reason why I really liked these two together is turquoise helps with clarity and purification and lapis lazuli is is a clear communicator so everything in both of those stones helps with very clear communication and that's not only in the giving but the receiving so um, I named this for excellent communication, speaking truth, the flow of speech and understanding the self, voice clarity, and projection. So those were my picks of the week. So if you're in need of a little bit of clarification in your speech or even in your reception of communication, try this combination out and let me know what you think. And speaking of which, of letting me know, or just being more like getting to know me or whatever, or just getting to know the podcast or what have you, subscribe to this podcast, follow this podcast, support this podcast. All those little buttons are on the Anchor website. They're also on the Amazon Music website. So if you listen to, if you have Amazon, I feel like most people in the world have Amazon these days, but if you have Amazon, I'm on Amazon Music with Third Eye with Lorelai. So if you wanna listen on that platform, it is available to you now. So subscribe, follow, support Third Eye with Lorelai because you know, I'm here for all you guys. So follow and support and and subscribe so that way you know what is going on with third eye with Lorelai every single week when we come out with new stuff all right so moving on to the quote of the week and I absolutely love this quote because I really love listening to this particular scientist he's amazing so this is by Neil deGrasse Tyson and he says we're all connected to each other biologically, to the earth chemically, to the rest of the universe atomically. A relatively simple quote, but quite poignant if you ask me. So the topic of the week, and I know I already started kind of rambling on about it in the very beginning, but as I had mentioned in a previous podcast, when I discussed the laws of the universe, I wanted to go over each of these laws because I feel like they're all so incredibly important and there is so much to them, especially the first law, because there's this whole book series just related to the law of divine oneness. And I'm going to go over that ad nauseum in a minute. So the first law of the universe is the law of divine oneness. And just as a very clear answer to what that is, I got this off of the law of the universe.weebly.com forward slash divine oneness.html. And this is their very clear definition of the law of divine oneness. Everything is connected to everything else. What we think, say, do, and believe will have a corresponding effect on others and the world around us. All of humanity and God are one. We are always connected to force of God because the energy of God is everywhere at once and permeates through all living things or material, as well as the knowledge of God is infinite and always available to us. Each soul is part of God's energy. Everything that exists, seen and unseen, are connected to each other, inseparable from each other to a field of divine oneness. Divine all-knowing, the matrix, pure consciousness, or universal mind energy, sometimes also known as life force or God. Everything is one. Increasing awareness of this law will increase our awareness of God and awareness of being connected to everything. It is important for us as a human race to start realizing and understand this law. As we do, we will realize that what we think of each other should only be for good. As we think of the good in others, they will in turn think of the good in you. It is essential that the thoughts, feelings, and actions be for good, for we reap what we sow. As you gain a fuller understanding of the laws, you will see how they are all related and overlap each other and govern the world we live in. Everything consists of and exists as energy. Your subatomic particles aren't fixed. In fact, particles may be flowing into and out of you now from this page, the sky, the floor, your best friend, and your worst enemy. In other words, there is no separation. 
How would you behave if you really knew that you were not separated from life, your friends, colleagues, and every being that has ever existed? The answer is this, probably differently. Okay, so I really enjoyed that definition of the law of oneness. Now, with the law of oneness, there is actually an entire book that is written and actually there's two books <laughs> that is written and it was written by three people that had gotten in contact with Ra and some of you might be head tilting right now which I did too I was kind of like um isn't that an Egyptian deity so yes um, and let's go into that a little bit more so also if you wanted to actually get this book it is offered for free off of the let me see where it says it the llresearch.org library the raw contact and you can get the first volume in pdf for free you just download it to your computer and you can read the book and it is really fascinating you guys i mean truly i'm reading as i was reading this i was just like dude this is crazy awesome so basically, I, I wrote down some notes as to what was going on because I didn't want to just read the whole thing to you guys because, as you guys know, that would make for a very long podcast episode. <laughs> so, you know, I tried to paraphrase and take notes up to each thing so that way you guys could kind of get an idea for what this is. So, okay, three people, Carla L. Ruckert, Don Elkins, and Jim McCarthy, discovered channeled communication from a civilization of extraterrestrial beings who identify themselves as Ra, also known as the Egyptian god of the sun, Ra. In the book, it's explained that Ra and his siblings came to earth in ancient times not as gods. They came because civilization had developed a culture and a belief system that prepared them to comprehend the concepts of the law of one. This readiness for the law of one drew those of Ra to them to serve as teachers of these principles. In the channeled communication that the three dubbed as sessions, and there's in total 105 sessions, the first book lists 56 of these sessions. They ask questions to Ra, whom is being channeled by Carla Ruckhardt. Each session contains a myriad of questions and answers in which Don Elkins asks the questions and Jim McCarty, um, it, he, he's scribing the events in their entirety. In these sessions, Carla would go completely unconscious to allow the channeling of Ra to occur. Carla realized she was she could channel through experimentation with Don Elkins, but was consciously channeling and began uh, teaching other people until one day during a teaching session, a voice came through her and said, I am Ra. And during these sessions, she would slip into unconsciousness, completely unaware of what was coming through her. She was shown documentation of what was being channeled after the 23rd session to maintain scientific viability. Over the course of three years, they asked the raw contact 2,600 questions. Okay, so this is where I have to actually read to you guys like from the actual book because it's just I, I'm I when as I was reading the first opening things to this book, it was like, oh man, that is so cool. It's so fascinating. They go into different density beings, which is, re I really wanted to bring that up with you guys because that is, that's that's something super important, I feel. And also, who is Ra? Like what, uh, more about that. Let's, let's, let's understand a little bit more about that. So let's go into that. More about Ra. So in Earth's ancient history, Ra is known as the Egyptian god of the sun. They state, however, that when they visited the Egyptians, they came as brothers and sisters and not as gods. They came because that civilization had developed a culture and a belief system that prepared them to comprehend the concepts of the law of one, as I stated before. This readiness for the law of one drew those of Ra to them to serve as teachers of these principles. Ra reports that their efforts to aid that particular culture were misunderstood and distorted. The Egyptians, particularly the royal elite who reserved the mess only for themselves, robbed the message of its inherent compassion, distorting the philosophy of the oneness of all things. 
Ra consequently removed themselves from the Egyptian experience, but they continued from then until now to observe Earth's development from a distance. It was Ra's long-standing desire to correct the distortions introduced to the Law of One during that time period that led them to make contact with our group. Our group being the three that was mentioned that's creating this book. But that was not their only reason. Ra also made contact with our group because Earth is nearing the end of a 75,000 year master cycle of evolution. And many of its population are ready to graduate to the next evolutionary stage, what Ra calls the fourth density, the density of love and understanding. They wish to be of aid in this time of transition and thus responded to the call for service issuing forth from this planet. Now, one thing I wanted to to say about this and I I may be saying this wrong so I'll, I'll try and get this as right as I can in my memory recall so when they mention you know we're about to enter this fourth density so when Christ was on earth this is from listening to another podcast even about this about the law of oneness and the density people being in different densities when Christ was on earth he had come into his fourth density beingness while he when he turned right before he turned 30 and so it was like that time where he was away that you don't really read about much of him and then you read about all of these amazing things that he did after he turned 30 years of age and I guess the belief here is that he was in this de- his third density and then he gained access to his fourth density knowledge and he was able to perform all of these miracles and do all these things because he accessed this fourth density. I may be saying that wrong, so please correct me if I'm incorrect. But from what I was reading and what I was hearing from another podcast about this particular thing, that was something that was communicated. And they talk about this in this book. And I just actually, I do know where it is. I love it when I do this, when I save the spot where I was reading something interesting, and then I can just go back and bring it back to you guys. <laughs> I love it when I do that. I forget that I do it sometimes, but then it's great when I realize, oh no, I did, I did save it. <laughs> and it is right here. Okay. So, <clears throat> The questioner says, so he rephrases this question to Ron. He says, what I meant to say was, can you tell me if Jesus of Nazareth came from the Confederation before incarnation here? And Ra says, I am Ra. The one known to you as Jesus of Nazareth did not have a name. This entity was a member of fifth density of the highest level of this, that sub-octave. This entity was desirous of entering this planetary sphere in order to share the love vibration in as pure a manner as possible. Thus, this entity received permission to perform this mission. This entity was then a wanderer of no name, of confederation origins, of fifth density, representing the fifth density understanding of the vibration of understanding or love. And then the questioner says, did you say the fifth vibration was that of love? Fifth density was that of love. And he says, I am Ra, I have made an error. The fourth density being is that which we intended to say, the highest level of fourth density going into the fifth. This entity could have gone on to the fifth, but chose instead to return to third for this particular mission. This entity was of the highest sub-octave of the vibration of love. This is fourth density. So I thought that was really interesting. So Ra is basically saying that Jesus came back into third density in order to give knowledge to the people or the entities of earth of the fourth density. And he was, I suppose, able to access his fourth density knowledge while he was on earth. So that is, that is what they were talking about on the podcast and in other readings that I was accessing. So there it is for you guys. (laughs) Anyway, let's continue forward. So the fourth density, the density of love and understanding. They wish to be of aid in this time of transition and thus responded to the call for service issuing forth from this planet. Ra said that they are from the sixth density and they are, in their words, a social memory complex. This is what a planetary population becomes in the densities of evolution beyond our own. 
In this arrangement, the thoughts, memories, and experiences of every individual are known and available to the whole group. Jeez, can you imagine that? Not if we're human, I guess. (laughs) That's a lot of information. The entire social body then consists of many unique individuals who also have access to a shared group, repository of memory and identity. According to Ra, the population of Earth will birth its own social memory complex after its graduation to the fourth density is complete. Just as individuals evolve over time, the social memory complex likewise evolves, transforming and becoming more unified as the lessons of each higher density of evolution are successfully grasped. To Ra, as a social memory complex, there is no distinction between an individual and the whole group. Thus, when we communicated with those of Ra, we spoke to one individualized entity of the social memory complex. Since everyone in this group accessed a shared mind, it was as if we were communicating with all 6.5 million entities of the raw social memory complex. Wow. Are some of your minds blown right now? Because my mind is kind of blown right now. Okay. Ra is also a part of a larger group called the Confederation of Planets in the service of the One Infinite Creator that consists of many other social memory complexes from other planets in our local portion of the Milky Way galaxy. See, this is where we're diving in, guys. (laughs) According to Ra, Members of the Confederation have been offering their services through channeling and other means to various individuals and groups around the world for some time. Their interaction with this planet stretching back into our deep prehistorical past. Our group has been in contact with assorted members of this Confederation since we began in 1962. The Confederation's primary message has always been that we live in a universe of unity that the world as we perceive it is an illusion, that we are here to learn how to give and receive love. And the meditation is one of the principal means of discovering the creator that exists in all of us. In the course of this conversation, Ra certainly took responsibility for their perspective, but renounced any authority, indicating that what they had to share was their perspective only what they describe as a somewhat different slant upon the information, which is always and ever the same. They wish not to be identified as the source of this information. Instead, they asked specifically that they be described as humble messengers of the law of one. In this statement, they acknowledge their limitation and honor their relationship to the one truth which transcends but includes every seeming portion of identity throughout the universe. And this is an excerpt from what Ra has said. We encourage the seeker not to remove the focus from the one infinite source of love and light of which we are all messengers, humble and knowing that we of ourselves are but the tiniest portion of the creator, a small part of a magnificent entirety of infinite intelligence. Okay, so now we're going to move into the different densities. So let's talk about the different densities. The journey that each soul takes according to Ra moves through an infinite system of octaves. Each octave divided into seven ascending densities or concentrations of light. Now, I'm going to read what they say the densities are, and then I also found another site that talks about densities, and I kind of wanted to intermingle them as we go through them because I thought that the site had a really nice way of, of talking about it in accordance to our energy bodies and even the colors associated, and they give examples with different elements. So I kind of wanted to bring that in just to support what the raw contact is talking about but and you know add a little extra bit to it so in the first density of our current octave fire and wind teach earth and water to be formed in such a way as to produce the foundation for subsequent biological life so that's what the volume the raw contact says and in first density in medium.com working light forward slash evolving a universe understanding uh the seventh 
the seven densities, I think it is. Blooming the universe, understanding the seven densities of light. And so what they say about the first density is represented by the root chakra or the color red. The description of this is the, de the density where light weaves, spins tightly into physical reality through atoms and their in interactions. First density also includes the primal configurations of energy structures. This can be seen in the structural possibilities of atoms, including molecules, lattices, and larger still fractal atomic structures like the physical structure of galaxies. Woof! That one's thick. Whew. Can we swallow that? We can swallow it. Okay. The conscious experience, which is the expression, resonation, and crystallization for the manifestation of the higher densities, they must go down and down. The most powerful manifestations reach all the way to this density and are merging with the first density consciousness of atoms and other type forms of light. Examples of this are crystals, rocks, fire, wind, electricity, water or basically the elements the lesson for the first density is existence as duality oneness through resonance and separation through experiencing the push-pull or yin-yang if you prefer that makes physical reality possible okay so i feel like that's pretty a foundational density if you will the second density, so we're going back to the, the novel here. The second density is the level of consciousness inhabited by bacteria and single-celled organisms in the lower stages to plants and animals in the higher stages. This density's lessons involve transforming from the random change of first density to a more coherent awareness that facilitates growth and directed movement. As in entities progress through the second density, they begin to strive towards the next density of self-consciousness. And as the spirit complex becomes awakened, graduation to the third density becomes possible. Now, going back to that other, the blooming universe, talking about second density. This is represented by the sacral chakra or the color orange. The description of this is second density consciousness grows towards the infinite oneness like a tree grows towards the sun. This growth is an expansion. A visual for this is a fractal tree, the physical skeleton of a torus. A fractal tree can be any energy system, a human, a planet, a plant. The conscious experience is receiving plenty from source and growing into a personality through physical form and movement. Examples of this second density are plants, animal life, fungi, trees, fruits and vegetables, etc. Pets are high, late second density. The lesson for the second density being is growth towards source on earth. Source is represented by the sun in plant life and movement through awareness. Okay, and now we're into third density. In this third density, the density of choice, we have a more highly developed self-awareness that includes the mind, the body, and for the first time, a fully activated spirit. The function of this density is to polarize our consciousness and to choose our form of love, our form of service. On one end of the spectrum of polarization is a service to self, an exclusive love of self, which rejects universal love and seeks to control, manipulate, exploit, and even enslave others for the benefit of the self. On the other end of the spectrum is service to others, a love of not only the self, but of all other selves. Service to others seeks and embraces universal, unconditional love, sees the creator in all things and supports the free will of all. Our lived lives are not so black and white. However, as we strive towards either end of the spectrum of polarity in consciousness. So um, my, my brain is like, whoa, right now. I don't know about you guys. I'm just kind of like, oh. so the blooming universe and third density is represented by the solar plexus or the yellow or golden color. This description is the self-awareness, the density of consciousness as we experience it and with our reality filled with decisions. A visual for this third density is a fractal tree consciously deciding which branch to grow further. A conscious experience is self-identification, expression, and choices. Examples of this are humans. I personally believe playful, socializing animals like dolphins and manatees are also third densities, but Ra doesn't mention it. And the lesson in this third density is choice. That's it. Just choice. 
Now, moving on to the fourth density. In congruency with various wisdom traditions of Earth, Ra communicates that we are moving towards a new age, or what Ra would call a harvest to the fourth density of love and understanding. This is where the social memory complex is born, where thoughts become things, love becomes visible, and the positive and negative polarities separate from each other to inhabit environments more suited to their respective and divergent courses of evolution. The blooming universe calls fourth density the heart chakra, where the color green or the upper heart is pink. A description of the fourth density is, in fourth density, we unlock love by connecting with the essence of things, the expression not bounded by time or separation in space. Fourth density allows interaction with the entire future and past of a phenomenon through the now and directly connecting with and influencing the future and past through the now. A visualization would be one timeline of fractal trees sharing love growing together. A conscious experience would be overwhelming love, experiencing things as one expression, free-form time, or understanding time as a non-linear and non-binding. Examples of this are love from Gaia, knowing things will be okay. Fourth density could be called the astral realm. The lesson for this density is love. Okay, moving forward into the fifth density. The fifth density is the density of light, wherein wisdom becomes the focus and criterion for graduation to the next density. Okay, so that was pretty short. The blooming universe discusses the fifth density is represented by the throat chakra or the color blue. Fifth density allows not only in interacting with all parts of the universe, but interactions with every fractal offshoot of multi-reality universes. In this density, we can not only manifest and experience anything within our universal reality, but in any reality, even those disconnected from our own. Oof. Are any of you creative minds kind of like picturing what this looks like right now? Because dude, I am, and it is bonkers crazy pants. Okay. A visual, all possible histories and futures of the fractal trees growing together. The conscious experience, a 5D being can visit conscious experience or physically an integrated craft, any point in the future and past, manifesting any reality through focusing on the idea of it. Any configuration of energy will rebound to you through any number of realities. Dude, this is crazy. I love it. <laughs> Examples of, of this, fifth density could be called the causal realm. We would think of this as the creative view of all. To see is to create, to know all as knowing nothing, because in each reality, truth is different. The lesson of this density is wisdom. Okay, on to the sixth density. Are you guys, how are you guys doing? Are, are we doing okay? I hope, I hope we're doing okay. We're still sitting down. <laughs> Still, still absorbing, still, still working. Okay. Okay. Sixth density. Here we go. The sixth density balances and unifies the love learned in fourth density with the light and wisdom learned in fifth density and produces a power to serve others that is more effective than that of love or wisdom alone. The blooming universe talks about sixth density as the third eye chakra or the indigo color. There is no polarity, but radiant connection of oneness, collective expression, and consciousness. This is the last density containing physical entities, or to say it better, individualized conscious personalities. After that, it's collective consciousness, planetary consciousness, etc. There is nothing left to experience as a separation. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> getting all the, the tingles from this. I don't know about you guys. Okay, the visual for this is the actual love burst that is continually living through all of the possible histories and pasts of the fractal trees interacting. Goodness gracious. The conscious experience, radiant, joyous expansion into all things. An example of this is primary animation light of life. And the lesson of this density is unity as collective consciousness. Okay, so 
Now we're moving on to the seventh density. And in the book, it says, the seventh density reaches a realm of experience even more difficult to describe. <laughs> so when I first read that, I was like, it's more difficult? It already seems really difficult from the beginning. <laughs> okay, so here we go. I'm going to do my best, guys. We can do this. Okay. According to Ra, it is the density of foreverness. And here we begin to move into total harmony with the one creator. Okay, so that's pretty much how they describe the seventh density. So let's see what Blooming Universe says about the seventh density. The seventh density is represented by the crown chakra or the violet, color violet. The description of this is the completion of all possible universal expressions as one universe. An oversoul, an oversoul is a seventh density being. In 12D systems, you, oh, okay, that's just, okay, I'm just going to stop there. An oversoul is a seventh density being. A visualization of this is the completed master tree holding all other trees and possibilities of trees or the torus of all other completed torus shapes. I don't know what they mean by torus. So we're just going to go with that. Okay. Conscious experience, the completion of all experience within a universal expansion. The lesson for this density is completion. Okay. So that's the seventh density. So now we're going to move on to the eighth density, and then we're not going to talk about any more densities, even though the blooming universe, I think, goes through the 12th density. So I'll try and just keep it to the eighth. So this is what the raw contact says about the eighth density. The eighth density represents the complete coalescence of all of the creation with the one creator and can be viewed as the first density of a new octave similar in arrangements to the notes on a musical scale. The fruits of this octave will eventually give birth to another octave of densities. Whew, okay. Whose fruits will give birth to another octave of densities and so on infinitely. Okay. So it kind of seems like the eighth density is sort of the, like the total oneness of everything and then connects right on back to the first density because it's sort of like closes the loop that infinity loop if you will that's just me kind of making making sense of that okay anyhow so the blooming universe says it says eighth to twelfth density so i'll try i'll just explain what they say and then they keep going further into more densities but let's just do this one the description of in the twelfth the 12 density system, these are further more accurate versions of the seventh density in the seven density system. The 11th density is the universe itself. The visual for this is completing the torus of consciousness. The conscious experience is similar to sixth through seventh density experiences. And the lesson is growth from individualized expression into the unity. Okay, you guys. Okay. So that is the densities. And that is pretty, pretty, <laughs> this is going to be really silly. It's pretty dense, right? <laughs> it's very, very solid information and it can be a little bit whew, confusing, but we're going to continue on. So the one thing that I was reading with, we're going back to the raw contact, the, the book. And the one thing that I was reading that I thought was really cool, apart from the whole thing really is really interesting, is when they were having a conversation with Ra, and when they would do this setup, these three people, they would set everything up to have these sessions. And one thing that they would do is they would have Don measure what Ra would call opportunances. And I thought that was really interesting. And what these opportunances would be were specific to Carla, who, remember, was the channeler of Ra. And these opportunances for, for her would be the Bible, incense, a chalice of water, and a candle to be sure that they were in the optimal placement per Ra's instructions. These items were chosen by Ra due to their personal significance 
to Carla as she had served on her church's altar guild and had dressed the altar with these items each Sunday. They were a great comfort to her as she left her body. So the reason why I I thought that that one was particularly interesting was because not everybody is going to have the same opportunities, right? Because not everybody is raised and nurtured into a, this that particular type of religion, right? So every religion and faith or even just a person that has a practice have their own unique opportunities. In this case, Carla utilized pieces that were meaningful to her and her formative years up to the time she she was channeling Ra. I imagine for those interested in having a similar experience with higher density beings, these opportunities would be very different due to their own unique significances in your upbringing. What would your opportunities look like? That's my question to you guys. If you were to actually do this, what would your opportunities be that you would set up so that if you were to leave your body, you would feel comforted, comforted and you wouldn't feel like you were out, out of sorts, that you were essentially out of your body, but you would feel this 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 comfort and this connection too. What would those opportunities be for you? I thought that would be a really good question for you guys for a moment. Okay, so then the last thing that I wanted to talk about is the seeker seeks the one. Ra said that each of us is a seeker of truth. As we strengthen our will to seek the truth and our faith that we shall find love in ourselves and in the world around us, we also will surely find our true nature, which is another way of saying the one infinite creator. As Ra said, the seeker seeks the one. This one is to be sought. As we have said, by the balanced and self-accepting self, aware both of its apparent distortions and its total perfection, resting in this balanced awareness, the entity then opens the self to the universe, which it is. The light energy of all things may then be attracted by this intense seeking, and wherever the inner seeking meets the attracted cosmic prana, realization of the one takes place. Okay, you guys, I, th- I think... I think that we can be we can be done with the law of one. It's a lot, right? And that's why I kind of wanted to go over each and every one of these because I feel like they're super important. And the law of one in and of itself is so it's so good for us to understand and know better and understand that we do all have this connection to one another and we possess every quality that we think that we don't have, we all have it. We all understand one another on a very deep spiritual level and we have that connection. There is no real separation when we actually come, when it comes down to it, the just the foundation of it. We're all of the same stuff. We're all connected. Even with Neil deGrasse Tyson, we're all connected biologically, chemically, atomically, and even spiritually. We're all connected. And we're all one through our own divine connection, through our souls and spirit in every facet, even those that we can't even see from different dimensions, from different planets, there's a connection there. And it is very, very deep and freaking dense. (laughs) Sorry. No, I'm just being silly. Anyway, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. I hope that you guys got something really cool out of this. I really, really loved reading all of this information. So I hope it came across to you guys really well. Anyhow, I highly recommend you get this book so that you can read it and kind of get what they were getting from this contact, this raw contact, so that you can kind of get an idea of what all this means, because it is fascinating. At any rate, that is this week's episode. And also, if you guys I wanted I posted this on Facebook, if you want to send in some scary stories to me, because October is literally my most favorite month because of Samhain or Halloween or the Witch's New Year. And I love all the scary stories. So if you have any experiences, spiritual experiences that are a little bit scary or whatever, you know, any kind of scary story, they can be funny, they can be frightening, or they can be just kind of strange. 
send them my way, seriously. And you can do that by going to the Anchor website. They have a, a voice message. You can press messages and you can send me a voice message and just share your story that way. Or you can send it to me on any of my social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or my email and send it to me that way if you just want to record it on your phone and send the voice blurb to me. Either way, I want to know all about your guys' amazing experiences so that on our Halloween episode, we can have a really, really cool episode of all your guys' cool experiences that you've had in your life. So that is it. That's it, you guys. And I look forward to talking to you guys again next week with more amazing metaphysical topics. And I hope that you have a fantastic weekend and the rest of your week is amazing. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Love and light to you all. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.